The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Sports Night with Cody Tapp on Sports Radio 810 WHB and the 810 mobile app. Awkward start to hour number two. Is Joshua Briscoe wasn't invited to the Chiefs roundtable? But Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson are here just staring here looking like a lost puppy through the glass. We're talking Chiefs, but you can't. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know what he's saying. He's just pointing at me and saying threatening things. Can't be good for anybody. You're getting you're getting a finger point at you. Right yeah, now. yeah. Very feels very parenty. Uh, so that can't be good. But as I mentioned in the first hour, Chiefs roundtable coming your way. Kent Swanson of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. They're in the studio for the next hour to talk all things Chiefs as we sit two weeks before the draft. How are you, gentlemen, doing? I'm good. Excited to be here. Yeah, I, I'm also good. Are you, are you excited to be here or just like so-so about it? No, I feel, you know, I feel good. I, I, I always always love talking to little Chiefs with you. We have a good time here. And then we got Ken here who, if you haven't seen his work, is killing it with Does, the podcast game, the draft game. I, I think he's got his finger on the pulse better maybe than anyone in the city right now. Do you go by Ken or Kent? Kent. Okay. Like Clark Kent. He, I thought you said Ken at first. No. no I, I thought maybe Kent. you were like just shorthanding and this entire time I should have been calling him Ken. Kent. Got it. I'd be super excited to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes things you don't get the things you want. Eric Reed would like to be with an NFL team. What's he doing? Hanging out. Nothing. I w- we can start with that. I at least talked about that in the first segment. You guys may or may not have heard it driving up here. Uh I'm a little bit worried that the Chiefs would be the exact same way with somebody over the national anthem stuff. Is that crazy to think? Now the Seahawks and the Bengals have been caught essentially either just telling guy like, we're good. Or do you promise Swearsies not to, you know, protest the anthem? I think the Chiefs would be the exact same way. I 100% agree. Uh, I, they, I, I, you know, we've talked about this so much, but part of Marcus Peters, I think, not being here, at least, I don't know what percentage it was, but it, it was a percentage. It was a non-zero percentage, that's <laughs> to me, of why he was traded. He just, fo- just followed the news stories. And, you know, the Chiefs could use agreed and why you know why is he not even in the mix this isn't clark hunt talking this is pete sweeney talking about what he thinks clark hunt is thinking i don't think clark hunt wants anyone kneeling during the anthem because he had the conversation with marcus peters and then you didn't see peters anymore i think they should just stick him all in the locker room and just end this once and for all just since he said they that the chiefs need eric reed i actually agree is that a draft need on your end kent 
I definitely think that they should be addressing the safety position, and it probably should be early. If I'm looking, uh, I, I'm looking at probably pick 54, their first pick in the draft, possibly even a trade up into the early second round to address that position. So immediately, yes. So Eric Reed would be a logical fit for the Chiefs. We all agree. Uh, but I mean, th- this is the perfect time to strike for me. Like, if you're looking at the draft, the Chiefs have their first picks not till 54. They have how many total? Eight. Eight picks. They have eight picks, but all under 54. This is a pretty good time for them to either, you know, use some of those picks to get into future drafts, which I don't think they necessarily want to do, because seemingly they're putting, you know, the whole everyone's seemingly following the model, which is cheap quarterback, load up team, move on, right? Like, try to put as much around there, so that doesn't really play much sense into the sell-into-next-year's draft philosophy. Then if that's the case, then why not? Like, And I know they don't have a ton of money either. John Dorsey messed that up. So they don't have a ton of money either, but at this point, Eric Reed's got to be pretty cheap, right? No one will touch the guy. He's a value right now, for sure. I mean, you look at, I mean... I think we're probably looking at a one-year deal for him at this point, too. So you can defer some of that. I, I don't think it's that hard. It, the NFL owners don't want players kneeling during the anthem. They don't want anyone doing it. Yeah. Look at the talent of this guy. He's a, he can't find a job? That doesn't make any sense. He's 26. Pro Football Focus had him raised their, like, number 30 safety or something, which was above average. So he's a good young player. Even Kaepernick, though. Like, look at some of the backups in this league. The Chiefs' backup is Chad Henney. You know what happens if Mahomes get, gets hurt early? They're not going to make the playoffs. You know, we looked up. Oh, God, no. No. I would say that for most teams. But I at least looked up the stats between Henney and, because, you know, might as well. Like yesterday we were talking about when Eric Reed got snubbed. And then the Kaepernick stuff came out today that Seattle snubbed him. And you're like, oh, this makes sense. We looked up Henney's stats yesterday. Only five games apart total in the game starter department. So actually really good Stock comparisons that for Henny's like 92, and Kaepernick's what five or six years younger than him, probably still, right? I mean, they're they're a fair shot younger. Same number of games, really simple, similar number of yardage, really similar similar number of yards per attempt. Because Kaepernick was never like the big deep dive thrower either. The biggest difference is that Kaepernick that Henny has a negative touchdown to interception ratio. It's like 68 to 72 or something. I don't remember the exact numbers. And Kaepernick's is like 70 to 30. Kaepernick might have a, a few more rushing yards, too. Uh, Just a yeah, few. yeah. The one thing about, because I had this argument, like someone's like, well, they should sign him now. It was last year. I'm like, well, that's really awkward. Like, I believe in clubhouse, you know, all of that stuff put together, like locker room. Like, if you're going to put the guy who took the guy's job before, that's just mean. Like, that's a completely, and they had, you know, like, that's a really unnecessary move. And it never made any sense because they had already traded up to sign. You know, they were trading up for Mahomes anyway. Like, none of that really ever checked out for Kaepernick here. It does now because Smith's not here and they needed a backup and they went with Henny, right? I mean. Yeah, to me, that's a whole different story when you have Alex Smith here. You don't bring Colin Kaepernick with Alex Smith. You just don't do it. It's just mean to him and unnecessary. I mean, it's a completely different awkward, story now. Like, it's, it's more awkward than a first-round quarterback, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, they brought in a first-round quarterback, probably knowing that he was going to be the plan for 2018 and knowing that Alex would start for the entire year here. They had no problem with that. But you can't bring in Kaepernick. To me, 
pairing Kaepernick with Alex Smith when that whole thing happened in San Fran and the Super Bowl, like why do that to a guy who's supposed to lead your team? I don't think that's a smart decision football wise. When you go back to that draft, because it's almost two year, it's almost a year to the day now that they obviously went up and went for Mahomes, and they're just smiling, thinking about it, like <sighs> it was quite the day, man. I, I I loved it. It was exciting. I've I'm not young. And they had never drafted a first-round quarterback in my entire lifetime, so it was obviously a complete sight. When you, when you, and just in retrospect, forget about anything you know about the player, uh, in the sense that like you watched him for Week Seventeen. Did they pay an okay price for what they paid for Pat Mahomes? Because like I'm looking at some of the deals now, and I still think like Chiefs didn't do too bad on that. They gave up a first round. Now I, I always hate to like, well, they gave up two first rounds. I'm like, no, they not. No, they didn't. They got that other one. They didn't give that up at all. They just moved up. They switched spots. That doesn't. That didn't give up anything. That's a big misconception. I, yeah, That's a really silly turn of phrase where people I, are like I they agree. gave up three first rounds. You're like, no, they gave up two, and the one was the pick that they used to take the guy. But yep. in retrospect, Kent, don't you feel like they they got a pretty good price? Well, look at the, look at the class, the the QB class this year, and look what the Buffalo Bills are having to do right now to try to get into a situation to take one of these quarterbacks. I mean, they're sitting at twelve. They've got the twenty second pick in the draft, and they've acquired all these assets. And they, and they moved up not, to 12 already. They moved they? up to 12. They have the 22nd pick in the draft. They have an extra, the first pick in the third draft, two second round picks. And they're struggling to try to get in position to take one of these quarterbacks that may not even be better than Pat Mahomes. And you think about, um, you think about um, the Chiefs, what they did basically is they had the foresight to make the decision one year early to say, yes, this guy has some issues that he needs developing, um, but he's got this rare talent, and they put the sweat sweat equity in in th- this season, and now they pro- they probably have if if Pat Mahomes is in this draft, based on what you saw week seventeen, he's probably a top three pick for sure, maybe the number one pick in the draft. What if he didn't see the seventeen? Like just going back to last year's draft, he was the second quarterback taken. Then where is he in this year's draft? Without week seventeen, yeah, just like as the prospect coming in, he was the tenth over. He wasn't low last year. He was the tenth overall pick. He was the second overall quarterback taken behind Trubisky. I'm trying to figure out who you think he's above. I mean, we've saw we've seen one game, and it really surprises me now looking back just how little buzz across the board there was for Mahomes. It almost I thought he might fall to them at twenty. I loved him at twenty seven for the Chiefs. I thought he might actually be there. Which is incredible. Which is wrong. It was dead wrong. It also makes me laugh at the people who were like, let's take Trubisky and trade up one spot to do it. Oh, Bears. What did you think about Lamar Jackson this year, too? Like, why is he not in the mix with these other guys? I, it's just strange to me. I think there's a little bit of uncertainty about some of his uh, ability to translate some of his passing ability. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think there's a lot there to work with. I think him as a as an offensive weapon, just his feet are are probably a second round pick, and you add his passing ability. I mean, he should be in that conversation at, at bare minimum. If if the thing if if him as a quarterback doesn't pan out, he's probably still going to be an excellent wa- offensive weapon. But you how, definitely try a quarterback. How dare you say they look at him? This is a, this is a dumb. Like sometimes this happens because like. Like, there are dumb old white guys in the NFL that just say it to say it. But we said the same thing with Tebow, and we were right. The dude should have just played tight end. He was an excellent athlete. He should have just played tight end. Look at how many years. He couldn't throw. Lamar Jackson is such a better thrower than Tim Tebow, by the way. Hands down. It's not even close. So that conversation's totally moot. But 
Look at how many years Terrell Pryor wasted trying to be a quarterback. And yes, I understand he had a down year last year. You know year. that's why he like he was in the Chiefs organization. Like, hey, so wide receivers? Like, yeah, still trying to be a quarterback. Like, damn it, last stop. He blew it. Mm-hmm. Last stop before he's like, well, yep. I should probably just play wide receiver. He should have hit. He should have here the Chiefs. But I mean, again, down year last year. I'm interested in seeing how he does this year. It's interesting, but no, you're right. I mean, going back to it, but I, I honestly think like if you went back just this year, if you took his college career the way that it went, because he went ten. It was pretty clear that there were other teams interested in Patrick Mahomes, right? In retrospect, there were teams. The Bills, for some reason, weren't. But a lot of teams had interest in him. In retrospect, I think he'd probably be, like you mentioned, even this year without Week 17, I think he'd probably be a top three pick. I think he'd be one or two or three off the board. The Bills' strategy is baffling to me and in, in because of how good Mahomes is. And they went to a point this year where they benched Tyrod Taylor while he was healthy for Peterman. And you didn't like Mahomes to trade that pick and not take it? I just... I don't. Did they not do their homework? Did no one do their homework on Mahomes? Like it's just so strange to me. To me, it seems like they they made the mistake of let's let's figure it out one more time with Tyrod, even though they never seemed fully sold on him. And then they took Peterman anyway, so even that doesn't make total sense. Maybe they just got too in love with the trade back motto, which is a good motto, right? In the draft, typically trading back to get assets is a good thing. It's part of the reason they have the assets this year. Mm-hmm. All draft stuff like that, like. All, all those things, all, none of that applies to quarterback because it's a uniquely different position. And a lot of teams are terrible at evaluating it, including the Chiefs and a lot of other teams and experts. No, the NFL sucks at evaluating quarterbacks. It's a really difficult thing to do. But trading back to be like, well, we're going to get into next year's quarterback class, in retrospect, they have to hate their decision to do that. Yeah, it was a huge mistake. And Pat Mahomes, every time he has success, he's just he's just making it hurt a little bit more. Um I think it was just it was really smart for the Chiefs to have the foresight to do what they did, and everyone else that is is scrambling right now to try to acquire quarterback talent is 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 paying the price, and some of them are going to be left without a quarterback now. Well, and some teams, Pete, you know this. Like part of the decision to do that was that they knew they were going to have to move on from Alex Smith. Not even from the like, I, I don't even know that they were thinking at it from the. He can't get us over the hump because they, you know, it was pretty clear Andy Reid was an actual believer in Alex Smith. And Alex Smith grew in every single year he played under Andy Reid. He got better. But the problem was you also had to, like, look at the writing of the wall and be like, God, our cap situation blows. And we're staring down the barrel of, like, they, even if they didn't think he was getting four for 94, which is crazy money, they must have been thinking, like, well, he's getting four for 80. Then what the hell are we going to do? We're going to give this guy $95 million. We have to cut all of these other assets. And he's not like when they're elite level quarterback, you just give them all the money. Here you go. It's fine. Thanks, Aaron. Like you can have all the money now. We, we can't let you go. Cause that's crazy. But when it's Alex Smith, there is a, like a break line, 94 million is a break line. If you're a team, that's why, you know, I, you know, and they, they did a good job getting Mahomes, obviously for a number of reasons that was, but, but that guy's fired still the guy who did all that is gone. Like, <laughs> we talk about all these moves as if Vita, that guy's not even here anymore. The guy who, who who manipulated that, and I know that Sam Ellinger vetted all that story, and it was you know like Andy Reid went down there and like watched Mahomes personally and met with him and vouched for the guy. So I know that other people involved in that decision, but the ultimate decider's fired. Isn't that kind of funny? I think it's it stinks for John Dorsey because he, he was in love with Patrick Mahomes, and suddenly, you know, he has to start over and find a different guy. That does suck. The part that you mentioned, though, that's funny. I mean, yes, I think 
knowing that they could free up a lot of cap by moving on from Alex Smith if they had a replacement. And it's not like Alex Smith is elite. He's an above-average quarterback. So you don't feel as bad moving on. Like, you can't move on from Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to move on from Drew Brees. Tom Brady you're never going to move on for. Luckily, some of those guys have restructured contracts. And then other teams talk themselves into bad reason to move on, like Derek Carr. <laughs> there you go. The interesting thing about last year to me, though, is the more you hear Andy Reid talk about this year in Mahomes, the more he mentions Week 17, Week 17, Week 17. Alex Smith had the best season of his career, and that's why the Chiefs were locked into their spot in Week 17. So if he plays a little worse, what happens? maybe Smith plays Week 17, and you don't have that comfort in Mahomes yet, and maybe he's still here. I just think that's crazy. Well, and they wouldn't have, obviously they wouldn't have had to give Alex $94 million. They would have just sat on that final year. Right, they would have been like, well, so we'll tag you, or we'll just do whatever. Right, we'll just we'll figure the rest of this out. They traded him, right? So they could have just sat in the final year and moved on from Holmes. But you're right, it is kind of crazy. I would like to state my mocking of Derek Carr is not new. I'm not like just jumping on the make fun of Derek <laughs> Carr bandwagon. I thought he was average when he was having his best season. I'm like, no, I don't get it. The guy still throws it like four yards. I I don't. He's fine. I think he's like Alex Smith. Which at the time was not meant as an insult. It was just like, mm, he's fine. I, don't, I never saw it with Carr. Am I crazy? When they had that 12-win season, I thought you saw some flashes, but he's looked a lot worse. When I wasn't sold then, like, I'm way less sold now. 100%. Now I'm like, all right, Raiders, stuck with that albatross. Well, you think about part of the reason Derek Carr had so much success is what was built around him. He had an outstanding offensive line that was holding up. They are giving him all the time in the world, and he was just kind of freed up to have you know the space to – to do what he needed to do to move the ball. Uh, and as some of those pieces started fading away, and, and they're going to continue to fade away because his contract is only, you know, ten times bigger than what it was. They still have to pay Max in, don't they? Yeah. They, and he's some people are saying he's probably going to break $19 million a year. He's going to break the uh, the Ndamukong Sioux, uh figure from a couple years ago. So that's only going to get bigger. I would think he – I think if you were a Khalil Mack, you start the negotiating point of what Justin Houston got, wouldn't you? I mean, and he's at $20 million a year. Wouldn't you start there? Like, I'll take what Justin Houston made plus 10%. Khalil Mack is a beast. I mean, you have to keep – we talked about guys who – That's 19 this year, sorry. We talked about guys you have to keep on a roster. I mean, case in point. I mean, the Chiefs got stuck with Justin Houston because just of how outstanding he was at the time. It's the same deal with Mack, and, you know, I think the Raiders have been quoted in saying they want him to be there forever. They just have to end up working it out. But, yeah, I think you're right, just because he's so good. And this is a guy that'll ask him in training camp how many sacks you want, and he told a teammate he wants, like, 33 sacks. Like, he's not even going for the record. He, you know, he wants to get to, he wants to, get to the quarterback, like, ridiculous amount of time. And you know what? That's what you want. That's what you want. How can they have Khalil Mack and still be so bad on defense? Million dollar I guess I could have asked that about the Chiefs and Justin Houston somewhere along the way, but at least then they were average on defense. They were bad. They were just average. They're really bad on defense, and they have the best. Eh, I think Aaron Donald's the best defensive player. They have a top three defensive player. Sure. And they're yeah, really old around him, too, now. They just got older this year because they've just invested in a lot of guys that are 33 and over. Gruden's got an interesting plan. Anybody think that's going to work out? Nope. I'll give you – so. I didn't bring the wheel upstairs. I forgot, but like um, I assume you saw Beards get hit by a bunch of ping pong balls mm -hmm. yesterday, right? Sure. Like if I made you choose for a spin on the wheel over under five years for Gruden, what would you take? Under, under. Oh, <laughs> that's half the contract. Under. I felt that was so conservative. 
And you both are like, under. Yep. I'd, I'd go under, too. I mean, I, I just don't see how... I could be way off base on this thing, but the early goings, like, either he's just, like, the greatest magician, it's like the prestige, right? And he's just, like, playing this buffoon to all just illuminate us with his amazing coaching. But wasn't he kind of just, like, an okay coach when he was in the league before? Well, I think his legacy... Like, on offense, at the very least, they were a pretty average team, and the NFL is only geared more towards that now. I mean, things deteriorated with, with the Buccaneers. Yeah. And you think about, I mean, he, he won the Super Bowl, but then after that it was just, it was a downward downward slope. There's a reason he got fired, uh, and his, his, um, his legacy's been propped up to more than what it was based on that high point, you know, what, 15 years ago now? Almost yes. 20 years ago? I can't remember. Brian Billick was the example we used when he got the job. Brian Billick has almost the exact same career record he's got a super bowl as gruden and people would soon like jump off a bridge than hire brian billick to be their head coach right now you wonder if they're looking at the right things you know john gruden 540 win percentage as a, as a head coach that's not great and you wonder how much did monday night football help his stock how much did the quarterback camp help his stock Just and the name quarterback in the nfl helps a little right these teams and, and i think you know, when you have the NFL and any sports organization, and you being in media can kind of attest to this a little bit too, you don't think of these people – I mean, you sometimes put these people on a pedestal. Like, they're always going to make the right decision. All the NFL teams are so smart. They're on the they're on the top of things, whatever like that. Probably doing that with Veach now. Right. Yeah. You, you, but you, he hasn't made any mistakes yet, so – But my thing is, they're people. Like, they pee and poo just like you and I do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, if they – I could see the Raiders' ownership being, this guy's great. You know, he'll be the face of the Raiders. He's going to be great. You know what I mean? He's won a Super Bowl before. This is the guy to finally get us on top. And they gave him a 10-year contract? This isn't God. This is John Gruden, and he's going to be gone in under five. Is there anyone in the league, Kent, you would give a 10-year contract to? The only answer, no. there's only, maybe Belichick. I'd probably give it to him. I probably Josh would. Josh McDaniel? Hell no. <laughs> I wouldn't give it to Reed. No. I mean, Reed got Andy Reed. He outstayed his welcome before, you know, in that amount of time in Philly. We Why respect him so much, and he's done such a fantastic job yeah. here turning this organization around. You Ten. wouldn't give him that. But guess what? He's been fired before. Ten years is crazy. Crazy. You can't give. It's the NFL. Things change. I, you know, Sean McVay looks like a promising coach in the NFL. He's a baby. I wouldn't give him 10 years because I could see it being like three years, and then it turns out he can't call audibles on the scrimmage for golf. Somebody figures out that riddle, and it's done. Right? I, I kind of wonder if if the there was really that much of a market for Gruden either. You know, I almost it feels like they, they were bidding against them. themselves, right? It or now like they're bidding against ESPN. That's who they were bidding against, right? They weren't bidding against a team, just a TV network. His name would get leaked to Tennessee, the uh, the yeah. Tennessee college job, the the Volunteers. But you didn't see, like, I don't, I don't think I saw much of a market there. I, I, it's almost like they were just leveraging, you know, they, they were betting it, were bidding against themselves most of the time. I think feels like a case of just he was pretty content to stay in, like he wanted to stay in TV. He's like, nah, this is a pretty good gig. I like it. And they're like, we'll give you, we'll give you five million dollars, like or five year deal. I'm like, oh, well, I'm fine, guys. Like, really, this is good. I could probably do this for twenty years. We'll give you seven years. Like, I mean, really, honestly, that's very generous. But I, I just can't do it. We'll give you ten. Like, okay, damn it, I'll sign it. I, I don't. 
There's just it, you've gone too far. Fine, fine. I think he's going to regret it. Or they, or they came. You know, it's like, what is your? You will say yes no matter what number of years. And he's like, okay, fine, fine. If you give me ten years, I'll I'll come. And they're like, all right, ten years. You're like, wait, are you serious? <laughs> okay. You don't even know who you're going to be in 10 years. That's no. the thing. I mean, when you're a 20-year-old, who are you when you're going to be 30? You're a completely different person, as you are when you're 40, I'm sure, and then 50, 60. You know what I mean? 10 years, who knows if he's even going to still want to coach in, in five. You know what I mean? He, he he was out of it for so long. You're just assuming he's going to remain interested. You had to, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what were you doing 10 years ago? That's all. <laughs> we can go down that road. What was Pete like 10 years ago? Kyle, Can't you were in... Uh, elementary school or something. You I seem was in college. Young. Thank you very much. How old are you? I'm 29. Oh, you and I got a kid. Look a little bit. You have a kid. I got a kid. Oh man, I have a kid. It's very time. I'm consuming. 29. No kid. Hold the kid. Yeah, that's fine. It's very time consuming. Ken can attest. It takes up a lot of time. I'm saying it like this is a really good sell <laughs> by me. I good thing my kid doesn't listen to me on the radio and has been in bed for a while, I guess, because this would seem like a really tough sell on her. Um, <laughs> I've seen the Twitter videos. You yeah, got, you I, got a, I like You got a kid. cute kid. How old's your kid? It's almost two years now. Oh, look, same age kid. Look, Ken and I are just like in similar stages of life. 19 in college. You were in college, right? Because you're 29. You were 19 and in college. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was working. Try, I was actually at the time. I, I talked to Kent about this before. We came in the air. I was trying to work in in professional baseball at the time, so I was doing a lot of baseball stuff. It's just re- and then which again, is funny because now we're talking Chiefs. <laughs> exactly, and then my my life radically changed when I was twenty four. I decided to pursue journalism. So five years later, but that's what I'm saying. When I was nineteen, for example, this is perfect. I thought for sure I wanted to be a baseball GM, and then I made the best decision of my life when I was twenty four because I decided to be a journalist instead, and I, and now it's perfect. So yeah. Exactly. And then in 10 years, you're going to be like, that guy should have just been an accountant. That's why I'm doing this now. This journalism Accounting thing. Accounting is great. I think I'm going to open a bar. <laughs> this is totally what I should do. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. 10 years is a long time to get hooked up in any relationship, which is why we'll talk about where the division is. It's Kent Swanson and Pete Sweeney, both of Arrowhead Pride. Talk about what that means for the Chiefs draft needs, too. How heavy do they need to go in fixing this year's team and how much wiggle room in the draft they have to do it? We'll do that next here on Sports Night. You're listening to Sports Night with Cody Tapp on Sports Radio 810, WHB. Coming back here on Sports Night, we're having our Airhead Pride. We decided it's a J-table. Does it seem about J-like to you? I didn't like, I was just calling it a round table because J-table seems wrong or something. I, I, I think for the listener, a round table is nice to think about, like us being around a nice round dinner table. But, but I was trying to decide, is, is, table. is three people enough for a round table? Is there some qualification for it? Four, five, what's the number? Seth Kaiser on Twitter, really upset he didn't get invited. That would have been our fourth today. Damn it. Well, but he lives so far away. Very, very Virtual? long. Very long trek. That's a long trek for him to come in. The next time he's in town, I'm happy to repeat the round table. Maybe in 2035 there'll be holograms or something. He could just sit here with us. Mm. That would be nice. We could, I mean, I, we could have had him on the phone, obviously, but then he's not at the table. It ruins the whole effect. I guess we could have, like, see, now I feel bad. Like, I invited you two first. I'm like, well, I've had you both on. This will kind of work. I guess I could have invited somebody else over there from, from Arrowhead Pride. I guess leaving people out, but oh well. It's an exclusive dinner party, and, Maybe. and Seth <laughs> happened to... Not get invited this Yeah, time. and he caught wind that he didn't get invited. Eh, he'll be fine. He'll get over <laughs> it. We'll have him on. Obviously, he's he's got Damian Williams tape to break down or whatever. That's right. 
He's got in that was his most recent look. He, I, he's I gave him right the now. actual pitch. That's what he's working on right now at ourheadpride.com. You yeah, can find. See, there you go. That's how this is done. A little bit of a tease so very, that people go nice. give you that click. Uh, since Ken Swanson and Pete Sweeney are here, we'll try to give you a listen as well. I was mentioning a little bit about the draft because when we talk about the Raiders, where the other teams are in the division directly affects how the Chiefs should handle this draft. I think the Chiefs, assuming Mahomes is at least part of what I saw in Week 17, I still think they're better than the Raiders and the Broncos. And I think the Chargers are the team that I'd still be like, well, I'd give them the edge because they've got a super talented defense and Phillip Rivers seems to keep holding on. So is that where you guys see the division before we talk about what they should do in the draft a little bit? That's where I'm at. I, I think uh, the Chargers are, are primed to to be pretty competitive this year, and they're, they're bringing them back a couple key pieces. One of their offensive linemen, one of their highest picks is back. Lamp? Forrest Lamp. Yeah. Dan Feeney. Uh, I think they just signed Marquise Pouncey. They're doing everything can, everything they can to to go on a run here with Phillip Rivers at the end of his career. It's it's a it's a two two team race for me. Yeah, I think it should be interesting. I think it's wide open. I mean, I think the Chiefs and Chargers right now on paper, of course, look better, and the Chiefs have been doing it now. And you're starting to see they're they've been dominating the AFC West the past sure. few years. I like Mahomes. They seem like they didn't lose too much. I think sometimes we're we're like a little bit over worried about the defense and maybe shouldn't be. I think Eric, and they added to the offense and they added to the defense too. They paid Hitchens. Right. And you know, you have Eric Berry still kinda leading any and, it's a and big addition. it sounds crazy, but I think he makes, you know, average players a little bit above average and maybe maybe not so good players you might be worried about a little bit better on game day. And so I think that'll be huge. Yeah, I think it'll come down to the Chiefs and the Chargers, maybe one of those old school type of seasons where you know, they have that game that happens to be either week 16 or week 17, and it's tremendously, like, it's huge. So when you say, like, because you mentioned you thought that safety, I think that obviously secondary is a, a need for the Chiefs. It's pretty clear when Marcus Peters is gone that that's the case. But is really is it safety really? Because to his point, Eric Berry made Ron Parker and Daniel Sorensen look like better players the entire time Eric Berry was playing. They were better when he was playing. So can't just some other guy do that? Can't some other guy just look fine next to Eric Berry and really cornerback is what they need to look at. Wouldn't you like to hedge a little bit here, though? Because uh, Maybe. You know, yeah. Eric Berry, he's coming back from a, a, a significant injury. He's It's a second significant injury that he's having to come back from. And we don't know what his range is going to be if he needs if he's able to play from a, a, a free safety single high role. We're not sure he's going to have the range that he did. And he's still going to be a good player. I'm not worried about that, but it might have to be close to the line of scrimmage. Why not? add something, uh, a, a more dynamic element to that defense to give him a little bit more flexibility there. Ken, if, if you had to choose, and I'm just curious because, I mean, you're you're in this, again, all the time on OurHeadPride.com. Sure. What position would you want to see the Chiefs take if you could have your guy? I mean, not obviously, you know, throw the first 53 out the, bo- out the window because mm-hmm. they were 54, but not, keeping that in mind, what position would you want? I, it's safety. Safety. It is safety. Uh, and corners, cor- corners close, too. Is safety better than corner in this draft? I guess that would be the question to ask to follow that up. Uh, there's uh, the easiest way I can say that. There's p- there's potential for value at safety, meaning okay. there's, there's guys that are kind of in that 30s to 40s range that have a chance to fall just be- based on how, you know, the board could play out. If there's a run on quarterbacks, if there's a run on receivers, um, there's a chance for some of these guys to fall into the Chiefs' lap, lap at safety. And um, 
there's there's several there that would make a lot of sense to add to this defense. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, in the first 54 picks, we can pretty safely assume that I think it's six quarterbacks are going in that. So now eliminate, instead of 53, now get it down to 47 guys. And then you can say, like, okay, well, buy Chubb. Buy, you know, like, get rid of the other 10 guys you definitely know are going. Then you're only trying to dodge, like he says, 33 guys at the position you don't need, and then it starts going like all over the board. I think that they're stuck in the, like, I hate the best player available stuff. And somebody will say, and I'll be like, I hate you. I just hate, like, it's so you just get tired of the saying. I just want you to be like, hey, we're going to take the best player available. At least just say we're going to take the best player available at a position of need, like safety or corner. There's enough positions right to, now. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can list three or four without tipping your hand to everybody. Plus, I, they're just going to think you're lying. I saw something interesting today. Albert Breer, formerly of NFL Network, yeah. now Sports Illustrated, said there isn't really a ton of difference between number 23 and 53. I've heard a lot of that about Meaning, even wider than that, like 20 to 50, I've heard it's pretty close. The Chiefs are actually picked a pretty good year, really, to, to be in this predicament where they don't have a first-round pick because with their success, they'd be out of that, right? There's a strong middle class. You're, you're exactly right. There's there's this there's a very strong middle class where you're going to have uh, there might, the, the pick 76 might be value potentially for the Chiefs in this situation too because this middle class and if, if there is a run on quarterbacks you know you, you mentioned six I mean Kyle Aletta he's a he's a corner or a quarterback from from Richmond he might be gone before the Chiefs pick at 54 too it could, I think he will be I do too I think the I think the demand here yeah. Um, when you're, I asked, I asked Kent this last week, so I'll ask you: What type of drafter do you think Brett Veach will be? I if just, you had to guess style, what do you think? I look at Brett Veach, and I've said this on on my own podcast. I look at Brett Veach as a 21 year old in Las Vegas for the first time on his birthday. He's aggressive. He wants to play craps. If he sees roulette and he's feeling hot, he's going to play roulette. That's what he is. So that's what I mean. I think if there's a guy in range, and I don't necessarily think the Chiefs may trade into the first round, but if there's a guy they like that maybe he's a little bit worried about team interest 10 picks ahead, I think that might be the move you see. Where he'll, like, so, so keep my advice to Chiefs fans, if you're watching the draft, is you could probably chill out on night one. That's what I think. But once day two comes, I can see some wheeling and dealing. When, when you're looking at, because I, I don't disagree, I think he'll make a move if he feels like there's a move to be made. The question we had in the last year's draft was they had 11 picks, and it's like, okay, well, this team doesn't have 11 spots. We're not idiots. I see it. They don't have 11 spots. They're returning 21 of 22 starters. It's not way off base from that from last year. They're returning everyone on offense. All of them. Right? Literally just everyone. So, yes, is there a role for the Fulton, right? So, instead, it's anger. I get it. So, it's sure. it's, it's 10 of 11. But the other four offensive linemen will be the same. The running backs will be the same. Or Damian Williams kicks off west. It's about the same. Uh, Mahomes, all the wide receivers, the tight ends, a lot of this stuff. They're, they're a little more like back in wiggle room, non-starter stuff, second tight end, like maybe Harris's job at risk. But I don't know that like eight picks, I'm not sure that that's how they should spend it either. Because I think that they need to find a starter. I agree. 100%. I think they need to find, specifically on defense, as we mentioned, I think they need to find a starter here. So I guess that's what, like, when you're looking at their draft capital at 54, if you're saying there's a good middle class, you're saying 20 to 54, you think there are starters here, right? Absolutely. Uh, there's and it, safety. I think there, that's, you know, it, there's not a starter at every position of need for the Chiefs. You're just hoping that 
a position of need falls into that range for them. Like, I just don't think you can take Vitano Passania this year. And it's not that he's, like, he might work out, but it was always known it was going to take some time with him. There are so many needs on defense that they may be, again, playing craps where they say, okay, this guy can play edge. We, we, we need too many things, or, or we, we need to maybe get a cornerback. Like, your third cornerback right now is Amerson. That, to me, is a scary thing for it to be. And not that he's not going to play well as a chief. I just think you want to hedge your bet a little bit and get a cornerback at a certain point. And I think the biggest difference uh, philosophically with the Chiefs right now, you know, we mentioned John Dorsey before and Brett Feach. John Dorsey drafted in, in a way where he was thinking maybe like a year or two ahead. Brett Feach... Has he put seems himself like a now guy. He's put himself in a situation where he needs to be. He, you're, I think you're 100% right where they need to get a starter or two on defense this year, and it's possible. I mean, you've seen it in the past. It's just a lot harder without a first-rounder where you can get your guy. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with the ring of that, though. By the way, we mentioned pro football focuses. So for the safety position, right, when we mentioned Eric Reed, unfortunately they had him rated 39.7 overall, which is poor. Is how they had him rated. <laughs> we do know that their other cornerback, Fuller, was rated like the highest slot corner by all of Pro Football Focus. So it's a balance. Just have Amerson play on Barry's side. Uh, he solves all of it. It's fine. He doesn't, <laughs> by the way. I think it was Curtis joked once, like, part of the problem with Barry is he does have a direct impact on that. But I think he'd said thing like, nobody's made a bigger play than the one that Eric Barry didn't, right? Like, the one that, like, when he's hurt, no one was a bigger player than the fictional plays we created in our mind for Eric Berry when he was on the field. He makes big plays for this team. It's it's undeniable. He makes everyone better. But they're, they're relying a lot on that because they are still caps trash under John Dorsey. I mean, you see Dorsey spent. He's going to give Landry $75 million. <laughs> He just got the keys to the car, and he's going 130 Like, they just got in his hand. He's like, so, Jarvis Landry, $130 million. That makes the Chiefs look... And there have been people that were questioning whether or not Sammy Watkins was overpaid. And I think there's a reasonable argument to be say, you know, he they, he's the overage for the free agency part of this. But good God, $75 million for Landry's bonkers numbers. I just have to go on a tangent for a second here because I didn't really have a platform when everyone was complaining about Watkins being overpaid. I think I was covering... I was actually covering WrestleMania last week, so I was in New Orleans and then kind of out of it. But the thing about people getting overpaid, here's the deal. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, was anyone overpaid? Nope. No. Nope. If they make the playoffs again, was anyone overpaid? If the Browns miraculously make the playoffs, was Landry overpaid? No. Yeah. Good, good <laughs> Well, I'm ma- still there. <laughs> For 75, you're like, eh, I don't know. Uh, if the Browns make the playoffs, literally no one on earth is overpaid. That's what I mean. So you have these. They're not going to make the playoffs. ESPN though. analysts calling Watkins overpaid. If the Chiefs. Make the playoffs, and Watkins has six touchdowns and 800 yards, and he doesn't reach that 1,000-yard plateau. Guess what? No one's going to care if they win the AFC Championship. He's not overpaid. He was part of the offense that got them the AFC title finally. That's a really hard bar because they haven't been to the AFC Championship game in so long, which means you don't want to – like, I get what you're saying, but if you set that bar, then he's always going to be overpaid (laughs) because that's a really high bar, and if they don't get to the AFC Championship game, everyone's going to be like, well, he didn't make it, so Sammy Watkins is overpaid. It's so it's confusing it's, what the definition of it. I think you have is. to set your own, like for, for our purposes, for like sports radio, we set our own parameters. Right. Like what is a reasonable season in year one for Andy Reid, for Sammy Watkins at 25 years old? 
making he's making good money this year. He's making even better money as the years go on. So what's a reasonable number? Let's let's just say you rank them, and then I'll ask you for personal Sammy Watkins numbers, right? So who leads the team in yardage? One, two, three, receiving yardage. Kelsey Hill Watkins. What's the ranking for you? In what order? This year, I think it'll be Hill. Kelsey Watkins. Ooh, Hill overtakes Kelsey, huh? Did he overtake him last year? I think Tyreek Hill has a chance to be the best, one of the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best this year. Yeah, I don't deny any of that. I'm going to go, I'm still going to go Kelsey. I'm going to go Kelsey Hill Watkins. And I don't think the production is going to necessarily warrant the contract. But the thing that's, the thing about Sammy Watkins is they're not paying him because he had 576 yards receiving last year. They're paying him because he gets open, he stretches the field, and he creates problems for a defense to open up the field and and give Pat Mahomes a lot of freedom and and, and open windows across the field. For what, what you're saying is a description of what I think you're getting at. I don't think at the end of the year you can just look at Watkins' number and decide success or failure. Right. But I do think with the addition of Watkins – it is a failure for this offense if they aren't a top five or six offense. Hundred percent. That's that's the problem. Yes. He needs to be a part of what makes them a top NFL scoring offense every day. If he finished with seven hundred and six, but they're the number three offense in the league, and Kelsey and Hill go off, and Hunt still has his big numbers, then he did his job. Like you mentioned, Andy Reid loves scheming guys open. It won't be hard, or it shouldn't be hard for him with this many weapons. But they, like as a unit, he's going to be held to that standard. And he's going to be the highest paid guy in that. Even with his contract, the Chiefs are spending the 27th most amount on wide receivers in the NFL. 27. It's only 16th next year at this point, too. So they're, it's not like it's a, a, exorbitant either. No, they've the been future. spending dead last for the longest time. Right. And I just just think about it. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. How are you not winning 10 games? I don't know how you're not successful. Even, even if you don't know exactly what Mahomes is, I don't see any way where... Because his numbers might be similar. Like, if I ask you the same question, what statistics constitute a success for Patrick Mahomes? You'd be like, 40 touchdowns, a billion yards, right? <laughs> and realistically, for them, it's the same thing. Right. If, if his numbers finished up at 27 and 14, which is under Alex Smith's production last year, but he finished with 4,800 yards, right? But those are, those are numbers below some of what Alex Smith finished with just last year. Say it's the same number of yardage. But they win 11 games, and they're a top-four offense because – Hunt had all those yardage, and they do those wide receiver. You know, like there's some end rounds, and they find themselves as a top four scoring offense. Then it doesn't matter; it worked. Like all of this worked. I don't think. I think they're stuck in it as a group next year, specifically. Unless, and the only guy I would say that like maybe you're pinning to that is maybe Hill because you want to see him keep extending it. But I don't see anybody that's like held to a single number anymore. Other than this team needs to be a top five offense in the NFL, especially if they've got to reach they potential need to be. It's, it should be expected. I assume they'll be like the twentieth best defense or something. Because even when they're horrible, that's Bob Sutton keeps them there. I think they're building scoring the, defense. I think they're building the defense kind of to accommodate a a high profile or a high scoring offense anyway. So it's you know it's kind of I think some of the decisions they're making on the defensive side of the football are built to help accommodate a team that's going to be insanely aggressive on offense. Anything else they need to add in the draft offensively? There's a lot linemen. of linemen. They probably need to look at an interior offensive lineman. Uh, they probably, you know, pass catcher number four is going to have a lot of success this year because there's he's going to have zero attention paid to him. I just so, need him to catch the ball. Pass catch, I could be pass catcher number four in this. Like, I would love to. We're going to have you this do this route. I'd be like, all right, great. 
I'll run this route because they're definitely going to have to pay attention to the other four guys <laughs> or five. Because because realistically, if I made you rank, even if I gave you like every person they took in the draft or Robinson or Conley, like realistically, number one, two, three pass catchers are Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, right? Nobody's going to disagree with that. But four, based on the way they talk, should probably be Hunt, right? Possibly. How much did he have? Three, four hundred yards last year? They like him. They like him because of what the variety that he provides. So I, I now would, they I also agree. did sign a receiving back that does kind of like Damian Williams. Kind of seems like the perfect. It's third and eight. Put him in there, guy. And there's two names you can't forget either: DeAnthony Thomas and Ju Chesson. You don't even know what you have in Ju Chesson yet. No. No, he came in late. Late. All right, we got to take another break. We'll come back. We'll finish up the two guys from Arrowhead Pride in our round table. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, not Seth Kaiser. He was unable to make it for us. <laughs> poor, poor guy. We'll finish up here with these guys next on Sports Night. You're listening to Sports Night with Cody Tapp on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Finishing up hour number two here of Sports Night. This is an interesting song choice, Beards. You'll be happy to know he's feeling better after the ping pong attack. I feel like this is a game show. I feel like we're just like in an 80s montage movie. Um, Bowling for dollars. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what this feels like. (laughs) Um, That's fine. Interesting, interesting approach, but I don't have a problem with it. You choose interesting music sometimes. That's all. It's it's just a real mixed bag. He has interesting. he's, He's a very eclectic person, I feel like. Uh, that's, ex- that's exactly how you, you would describe him. Isn't it cl- he's wearing his bicycle T-shirt with his backwards Royals cap and his beard. It's a Monty's Python shirt. Get and, it right. And then you would think that <laughs> – I'm sorry. Oh, I can see his bicycle. Stand up. Oh, bicycle repairman. It is a Monty that's Python cool. shirt. That's a cool shirt. You're giving, you're giving him – I was – I. it's fine. It's not bad. He did it's, – it's a fine shirt. I know he bought up like a whole bunch of those in Game of Thrones shirts just to fill up the rest of his wardrobe for summer. You only need seven. Or if you're John Dorsey, seven one, t-shirts, one you, shirt. You have to have like fifty t-shirts based on the way you dress around here. It's more than no, seven. not fifty. That's Josh. Do, do you think Dorsey? By the way, conversation we did not have nearly enough. Was Dorsey's the same sweater or like Superman or like Doug? I know right? the answer to this. Was it? Oh, awesome. So my my theory is Doug closet full of the same sweater. The actual answer is he has a closet full of the same sweater that he, that he would wash once a week. Totally changed. Totally. The interesting thing that people didn't realize is he had different versions of it. So in the summer, it wasn't really a sweatshirt. It was more like that T-shirt material that was long sleeve. Oh, okay. And then when it was winter, he would have the sweatshirt. So there were different versions of the style. Were some of them like Sherpa line, like really warm sweaters? So like you didn't have to wear a coat, or were they all just? I think it varied depending upon the weather. Yeah, I mean, so I I don't know how many. I don't know how many versions of that there were, but there were different versions of it. Were the Chiefs printing this up special? I think it's a special company. Because, I mean, he, he's got a new one with the Browns. I, I did actually a joke article on Arrowhead Pride earlier in the year about how his new sweatshirt, he has bold writing for the first time as the Cleveland Browns. So I, I, I think this is a new leaf. He's saying, this time, it's going to work. Is it really a new leaf? Doesn't it just seem like he's doing the same thing in Cleveland? And I I was, I was couldn't understand when they fired him. I'm like, well, that guy's put a lot of talent on the field. This feels like a dangerous decision. But now I'm like, oh, my God, he's just going to like use all their cap. They had so much of it so quick. Social media has found its way into sports, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And it seems like the guys that are there, and it's easy when you're getting paid like they are. Yeah. But they're happy to be there. They're making Cleveland looks like cool again. And so, I don't know. I want to see if they can win a game first, and then we can talk from there <laughs> to win a football game. 
should probably let him hire his own coach. I don't like any time. Like if you're a GM, if I have to take that much heat, I, I'm, I'd be the GM to be like, no, nah, I, I want all the control. I want, I want to be able to draft the guys. Like it's fine. I'll let the coach tell me the type of talent he thinks he needs. But in the end, I, I'm making that call. I don't want to be second fiddle here because the guy you're going to fire first if this all goes wrong is me. Key example, the Browns, who have been a complete dumpster fire, didn't get rid of a coach who has, what, how many wins in the last three years? And they're like, we'll keep that guy, but screw the GM. You're like, you're going to fire me for this guy. Let me at least. I love that he said when he got there, we're going to get real football players now. Just oh my God, that was such the a- old regime did nothing. We're, t- we're changing. He did fire that it. analytics guy from uh, Podesta. He fired him pretty quick. He did not hold back very long on that front, didn't he? Yeah, you're right. It's from it's that, that guy. That movie. Same same guy from uh, Moneyball, right? Yeah, I think the Browns are interesting. It, it's it's crazy how many connections the Chiefs have with teams now in the league. Like you're interested kind of how the Bills do because of Mahomes. You're interested how the Redskins do. You kind of interested in how the Texans do because they passed on Watson. They just have like a, and the Bears now because of Nagy. Eagles obviously didn't. That wasn't too nice to watch last year. <laughs> But, yeah, they got a lot of, like, recent connections with a lot of different teams in the league. Yeah, they're, stre- they're stretched out. That's fine. That's a good sign for the Chiefs. Good sign. They're running a successful organization. How many people are picking up the Browns coaches? Not many. None. I was going to say that. Are you ready for Browns head coach Eric Bieniemy? Is that what you want to see happen? I don't <laughs> want that for him. He's too nice. He doesn't deserve that. No, I, I don't wish that on very many people. I don't know that I was wishing it on Dorsey. I, I just kind of thought maybe he'd just end up in – you know, Green Bay. You know what a lot of Chiefs fans would like to see is Browns head coach Bob Sutton. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's there. So you might as well support the guy and hope that he puts I a plan agree. in place that put at it, least puts it there. Put it away now. I mean, um, he's, he's, he's the D coordinator. I think he's going to change the scheme to be more aggressive this year. The signs are there. Uh, and, you know, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt because the Chiefs are, and there's no choice. He's going to be on the sidelines next right. year. We only got a couple minutes here, sure. about a minute or so, so let's take a guess. If you had to guess, the Chiefs have eight picks. How many players do they actually end up picking? Kent, you go first. Seven. I think they're going to. Tra- I, I think the trade up, if any, is going to be in the second round. Okay. Uh, well, they traded up twice last year. People forget they traded up for Kareem Hunt. Just so everybody remembers that it's not just Mahomes. They also traded up for Kareem Hunt. There's maybe one other in the six that I'm not thinking of. How many do you guess? I'll go six. It's like, I feel like five's coming. Like, I'm just going to keep going further down. Like, they're just going to end up with five players, and they're going to, like, one of these, like, they're going to take a sixth round and just roll it into next year just as like a, eh, let's make a fourth. Depends on what Veach sees at the casino. Oh, I know. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, you're right. Like, does he like what's in the buffet or not? <laughs> that's that's the question he'll have to answer himself. Guys, it's been great. Kent Swanson, Pete Sweeney, check out their work at Arrowhead Pride. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. A lot of fun. That's it. We'll be back. Final hour, Sports Night next. Hi, I'm Mark from Marinda Safeway. We offer great savings on groceries, but did you know we also offer savings at the pump? Earn 10 cents off per gallon when you spend $100 at Safeway stores. Enter your phone number or swipe your club card at the register and earn points. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com forward slash reward. This is Mark from Marinda Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, 
Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.